Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build your network. Episode 48. Hey, this is Joel Stanton from Screw the 9 to 5. And if you want to screw your 9 to 5, you should be listening to Build Your Network with my good friend, Travis Chapel. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be. Brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, if you're listening to this, then there's a good chance that you're serious about building your network. If that's you, and only if you're serious, you should definitely check out my Facebook group, Build Your Network Beta. If you want more personal engagement, proven connection strategies and tactics, and some awesome giveaways like shopping sprees, beats, headphones, etc., etc., then head on over to byn.media forward slash FB to join the group, or you can search Facebook groups for Build Your Network Beta and join there. And once you do, please be sure to introduce yourself and say what's up, and I will catch you there. 
And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Jill Stanton. Jill is the co-founder of Screw the 9 to 5. Her and her husband, Josh's slice of the internet, where they teach unsatisfied 9 to 5ers how to hit the eject button on their careers and start a business online without all the overwhelm, frustration, or temptation to day drink. She's got an inappropriate love for trashy TV, has the mouth of a sailor, and isn't afraid of a tall glass of gin. Jill, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Really excited to have you. Why don't you go? and expound on that a little bit and give us a deeper dive into what started the screw the nine to five yeah well right now that bio is a whole bunch of lies because i'm seven months pregnant so <laughs> <laughs> i hope there's a tall glass of gin waiting for me on the other side of yeah. this <laughs> we can make but... that happen we can make that happen. so yeah that's like the kind of cliff notes but essentially josh and i got our start together back in 2012 before we even had the idea for the screw, we had a completely separate business, which was a network of around just over 30 different affiliate sites. So we were in the beauty space, skincare, health, like all different niche websites. And, you know, we built it up to the point that we had a great full-time income. We could live wherever we wanted. We didn't really have a team. We had like one person working for us. We just had this freedom and flexibility. And obviously when that starts to happen, and you make these huge changes to your life, people start to ask, like, what the F are you guys doing? Like, do you work anymore? <laughs> and so it was actually during our wedding week, which is probably the only week you should not be working. Yeah. But we're a lunatics that year. And so we're on our balcony, a few Costa Rican rums in, <laughs> <laughs> and we were getting ready to move to Thailand after our wedding because we just heard that it was this huge hotspot for digital nomads, all of that kind of stuff. And we were saying that we would love a way to share this journey or like our story with other couples who wanted to kind of take the road less traveled. And so Josh was just saying like, yeah, but what would we call it? Like, what would it be? And again, a few rums in and I was like, screw the nine to five. And they were like, oh my God, is that available? And so we checked it, it was available, registered it and kind of did like, we just kind of sat on it for a few months because we didn't really know what to do. We had never built a personal brand. Right. We had no intention of building it into what it is. Like we just didn't know what to expect. We just went with the inspiration of the name. And so it's literally been four and a half years of like figuring out, throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what works, cutting what mm. doesn't and amping up what does and really finding our feet with our own individual strengths and what we love and what lights us up and how we can use that to help other entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs or current nine to fivers looking to make the leap. Yeah. Yeah. Now when, before you guys had that online business before screw the nine to five, did you guys both or either one of you work a nine to five? <laughs> so I just got asked this question yesterday. Actually, I had a different kind of nine to five in that I was a bartender. So I worked like 9 PM till 5 AM, okay. but I still hated it. Just the hours as and the boss and the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hated all the it trimmings. just as equally <laughs> as all the other nine to fivers. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people are like, oh, you didn't have a real nine to five. I was like, no, I pretty much effing hated my life. So <laughs> I'm right there with you guys. <laughs> and Josh, he worked for an SEO company for a while, but okay. we never really had like cubicle dwelling corporate jobs. We knew better than that. So <laughs> okay. okay. Kind of similar for me as well. Yeah. That sometimes you just know that it's not going to work out, <laughs> you oh. know? So that's definitely how it was for me. I was just like, yeah, this whole thing just is, it's not going to work. Work. It's just not gonna yeah. work. Yeah, like I, my parents wanted me to get a corporate job so hard. Oh, I'm like, sure. I remember my mom would like plead with me, like, please, Jill. <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> 
I hate it. Yeah, so that's I always literally do. <laughs> the same exact. So some of my audience know this, maybe some of them don't, but I've always been doing door-to-door sales. So I, technically at first I had a little bit of like an hourly, a salary, but mm-hmm. it was door-to-door sales. So as long as I met my quota, they didn't care, you know? So yeah. like it was not really a nine to five because I was only working about 20 hours a week because I would hit my quotas. And then I was in school full time in school as well. So I would just hit my quotas in 15, 20 hours and I'd take the rest of the week off basically. And then when my wife and I moved, I had to get a nine to five because I had not been in a commission job long enough for the bank to say that I could afford to buy a house. I was think I was 20, 21 at the time. So I didn't have enough hundred percent commission years for the bank to be like, Oh yeah, you can afford to buy this house. So I had to take an internal transfer in the company I worked for to get a salary just so they would be like, Oh yeah, now you can afford the house. And so literally it's super weird. Yeah. Literally two days, Jill, after we closed escrow on our house, I quit that job. And that was like the longest, (laughs) it was like five weeks of my life. That was just like the worst. You can ask my wife about it. It was the worst five weeks of my life. As soon as we closed escrow, I quit. I got out of there. So you're like, suckers. I just gamed the system. (laughs) Oh, man. And also, when was this? Because I didn't even know door to door sales was like still a thing. (laughs) All I think is like back to the 60s with like vacuum salesmen with like whiskey and things. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very much alive and thriving. I actually still am in that industry. Wow. I have a, a a team of guys that I work with on a daily, weekly basis that go out and sell. Now it's water machines. I started in solar four or five years ago and then sold a couple of different products, but now it's into the whole home water filtration systems and everything like that. But enough about me. Let's get back into where you guys were at. So, so you worked a little bit of a quote unquote nine to five for a while. 10 years, 10 years you worked in different types of jobs or as a bartender? As a bartender, always okay. in hospitality. I did hospitality for like 15 years, okay. which now looking back, I had this conversation with Joel Com yesterday. Now looking back, I see why I did it or why I needed to do it because it taught me the gift of the gap, right? Mm. Like I can shoot the shit with damn near anyone right. because right. my entire living was based around small talk. So yeah. 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 So <laughs> how do you usually recommend a nine to fiver to take the leap because I feel like this is something that entrepreneurs get wrong a lot is leaving their nine to five too quickly because they feel like they have to do it. How do you usually help people with that balance? Well, first I always say like, don't just take the, like certain people have certain levels of risk tolerance, right? Mm, Yeah. Some people are the type who are going to burn the boats and be like, screw it. I'm never going back. Right. And then they have a runway or whatever. I am much more of the mindset that if this works for you, it's likely a good idea to balance both, right? Time management for the win until you have replaced your income or at least gotten close to that. Hmm. So that way you're not under financial stress. You're not putting your family under risk. Like you aren't going to be sitting there stressed out, full of anxiety, making poor decisions because you're desperate for money which I actually think is the worst way to start a business, Hmm. especially because I'm all about the grow slow mentality. Like I hate this insane rhetoric online right now that is like, it all happens overnight. I think it's so irresponsible and so misleading and it's just screwing with so many people. So I am much more of the mindset that if you can tough it out for a good year or two and build your business on the side of your job, that is likely the best way to go. That way you can work out the kinks You know, cut your teeth with things like WordPress or website design or writing for the web, creating content, emailing your list, building an audience, 
aka the most important part of this whole thing, mm -hmm. that stuff all takes time. And when you sit there and you cut ties and go all in, which might be for some people, that can add a level of stress and pressure and urgency that you may not need yeah. straight out the gate. Like I would much rather build this on the weekends or at night or in the morning with little incremental pieces of time that are focused and dedicated so that I'm not making a huge disruption to my life that is going to make things way harder in the end. And yeah. I have members inside Screw You who have built their wildly successful businesses while still in their job. Like one of our members, Jason Brown, built his business up to nearly $500,000 a year before he quit. And I remember I kept saying to him like, JB, you can quit now, homie. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're <It's> there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but his whole mentality was like, I built this as a side gig. Like, I don't ever want it to be this thing that takes over my life. So I wanted to get it to a point where it was fully functional yeah. as a side gig so that when I do quit, you know, I'm not this overworked, stressed out, strapped entrepreneur right. who doesn't have time for anything. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And I, yeah. I love the word irresponsible that you chose to use to describe a lot of the stuff on the internet right now because it's the perfect word for it. Yeah. And it, it's ridiculous. Like you said, like I think people don't take their influence as seriously as they should. And they throw out stupid advice like that, that you don't realize that you're literally messing with somebody's entire future by telling Agreed. them like, quit your job immediately. You'll get Agreed. rich tomorrow. Just buy my course. You know, and I it's would like, love wait. to just like have a drink with that person and be like, why do you say that? Yeah. Like, are <laughs> exactly. you that desperate for money? Right. Because well, because they are, because yeah. they usually the thing that I've found with those types of people is that 
like they haven't made any real money yet. That's the smoke Ugh. and mirrors of online, which is one reason I still like door to door. I know mm -hmm. a lot of people fault me for that because they're like, just get online, man. Why are you doing door to door? But there's one thing that I really like about it is that it's very, very pure. Like if you mm -hmm. can't do it, you can't do it. And like there's nobody faking making yeah. money going door to door. There's so many online fakers that are like, oh, if you buy this, you'll become rich, even though I haven't become rich yet. But if you buy this, that'll make me rich. And then I can teach others to rip off other people and then they'll be rich. It's just such a crazy, weird, like you said, irresponsible mindset. So I'm glad I asked that question because I, I wanted to see what typically your advice would be to oh, those Jesus. people. Don't even get me started. I will go on forever about this <laughs> because it drives me nuts. I also think that people are becoming wise to it though. Like mm. that stuff, it's, I feel like it goes in phases, right? Like it was yeah. super popular in the beginning when online marketing was just a thing. Then it had a resurgence around the whole time of like John Reese and Frank Kern and like Andy Jenkins and like Mike the same. And then those dudes went away and kind of calmed down and then it came back up again. You know, like we have these waves yeah. where there's a bit more like hypey kind of marketing. Like this is so easy. Get rich quick. But people are becoming wise to that. Like everyone is smarter than that by now. Right. You know, it's just the people preaching those messages need to be held accountable for the they're spewing. Do you think that you think that because you've been around the industry for so long? Because I've been thinking that myself recently, but then mm. I still see people that are doing that and getting people to buy into it on a daily basis. Do you think that it's because we're in this world, we don't see it as like, Maybe. you know, like people are wising up to it? Like that that's why we view it that way. Oh, people are wising up to it because there's no way you could possibly believe this anymore. But Maybe, we've been actually. around it for two or three or four years. You know, you've been four or five years or longer than that in the online space. I'm pretty relatively new. But um, I mean, I wised up to it pretty quick just because when you get around people who are actually making money, you realize that there's a lot of people that aren't really making money. So, <laughs> but that's what I was thinking is because I thought that too. I was like, I feel like people are just getting wise to it and there's not as many people biting anymore. But I think that might just be because I'm around it so much. So when somebody sees that first Ty Lopez ad in their Facebook feed, <laughs> they buy into it like immediately because they've never seen something like that before. Do you, do you think that that might have something to do with it? That's a great point. You're probably very right. Like maybe they just catch them before they come into our sphere, which is heavily saturated, right? Like maybe yeah. they are catching the people who are super green to this. I just always assume people are smarter than that. <laughs> <laughs> I just think the best thing you can ask someone that you're thinking of hiring is like, what results have you gotten? Right. You know, like I want to see so actual important. tangible results if I'm going to hire a coach. Exactly. Exactly. Like there's so many people and I've been tricked by a couple people in the past that have been like, oh yeah, this is my income. And I just believe what they say. And then come to find out later, it's like, wait, I was taking it's advice from you and I was making more than you were the whole time I was taking advice from you. Oh. Why was I taking advice from you? This doesn't make any sense. But I wish it had to be a thing where you had to, someone else said this in my free group and I was like, Yes. But they said, I wish it was a thing for the whole income marketing where people are like, this is what I make per month. I wish you had to only were allowed to say your net income, net, you know, your yeah. net revenue. Like, I wish that we would peel away the facade and actually talk about how much you ran and put in your pocket yeah. ads mm -hmm. or how much you pay your team or how much you pay for taxes, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right.
Well, anyway, I'm sure we could talk about this for a long time, Jill, because it seems like we're both <laughs> like, on the same page here. <laughs> but this is the Build Your Network podcast where we talk about how to go about building the right relationships and growing your inner circle of mm -hmm. people because it's so important And that Jim Rohn quote is often overused, but for a good reason, which is you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So this is the question I usually ask to get things started in this direction. And I ask almost every guest on the show. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? Mm, I think who you know because they can help you build what you know. Mm. <laughs> because yeah. if you are hanging with people who are where you want to be, you are going to learn so much from them just from watching what they do, listening, participating in conversations. One of my favorite things James Webmore says, and he said this at our live event, Screw You Live, is he says, you don't need more courses. You just need to have more conversations with other entrepreneurs. Hmm. And it's so true because when you sit there and you have a really deep, heartfelt, honest, genuine conversation with another entrepreneur, you are always going to pick up gems, you yeah. know, like mm -hmm. unless you were just not paying attention, you're always going to see how they carry themselves or what their preferences are or what they've been through or how they view failure or how they view money or how they view marketing. Like all of that will come out in conversations and that helps you build this knowledge base that allows you to try more things, but more effectively. I don't even know the wording for that, but yeah. do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, they help shorten your learning curve. Right, right. That's exactly what I tell people is that it, it shortens the runway when you would yeah. typically might, something might take you three to five years to learn. If you just go do it by yourself, if you just go hang out with a bunch of people who've already done it, it might only take you a year or a year and a half, mm -hmm. but a lot of times, and especially for me, I know this to be true, which is why I spend so much time building my network and trying to increase my inner circle is that I know that I don't have enough patience to sit on a 10 year runway. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, if I don't see some results soon, like I'm going to pack up and move on to the next thing. So meeting those people and rubbing shoulders with those kind of people always proves to be helping me go in the right direction and go in the right direction a lot faster as well. Joe, can you tell us a story about a connection in your life that led to a moment of success for you? Mm, quite a few. Which one? I have some good buddies who are, like I have some good friends in high places, but I'm trying to think of like which one led to a specific profitable outcome. Like, does it have to be money driven? No, or... no not at all. Not at all. Oh, okay. I mean, the first one who comes to mind, it's a tie. It's a three-way tie. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it would have to be, they're good buddies of mine is James Webmore, Amy Porterfield, and John Lee Dumas. And that trifecta right there, they're just so switched on and they've got so much integrity and the way they do things is all so different. That's what I love. Like James is super mindful and is a great leader. He is like really generous and giving and sincere in the way he runs his team, the way he builds his business, the things that he chooses to do. Amy is super switched on and strategic and fantastic when it comes to marketing and building an audience. I've never seen someone's audience who loves them more than hers. And John has this like militant work ethic. Like you will never find a dude with more focus than that guy. So I've learned so much from each of them that it's hard to equate one of them to a particular outcome because mm -hmm. I've taken away so many gems just over the course of the years that we've been friends. Yeah, It's yeah. so hard to attribute one to just like one specific outcome, but like I'm grateful for all of those relationships for different reasons. So let me ask you a super hypothetical question here. Then. If you had never had any of those three relationships that you just talked about, 
how far behind do you think you would be in your business and your story and your career right now? Hmm. At least a good few years. I'd probably be in the weeds a lot more than I am. Hmm. I'd probably be much more chaotic and messy behind the scenes because I've learned from them how to really finesse a team, how to be a good leader, how to be a manager of people, how to set boundaries, which is something I really struggled with because I'm a stage five clinger inside our membership. So I always want to be knowing all the things. (laughs) And for them, you know, they have really strong boundaries, all three of them. Like they aren't messing with the day-to-day operational in the trenches kind of tasks. So Mm -hmm. If I hadn't learned that stuff or if I hadn't been given, quote unquote, the permission to kind of take a step back and focus on like leading the company in a certain direction, Mm -hmm. I think I still would have been making like maybe a hundred grand, a few, like maybe 200 because I would have been in the trenches doing the things versus focusing on finding people to fill those gaps, really setting boundaries, allowing for mental white space, you know, just like protecting Mm -hmm. myself and and Josh and like what we want for our new little family we're cooking up. All of those little things have all come from insights and just conversations that I've had with those three. So with it being so important to get out and get to know people in your space, to build relationships, genuine actual relationships with people, why do you think that so many people just neglect to do it? Because I think they go into, I don't think they neglect to do it. I think they do it wrong. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think people go in with a motive to get something out of the relationship. Yeah. And that is one thing I never went into. I never go into any relationship like that, but specifically with those three, I've actually never asked them for anything. Like I've never said, we should do a webinar together. Or we should do this together. I've never said that. I've always prioritized the connection and the relationship first. And I know that that stuff pays off. You know, like James spoke at our event. John and Kate are the speakers at our first retreat. Amy and I have a great relationship and do each other's podcasts quite frequently. Like there are certain things that I quote unquote get out of it, but Mm. I've never gone in with a motive to get something out of it. I've never taken more than I've given. I've always gone in with like, how can I give more than I take? How can I just be a real human and behave like you normally do in an offline setting? I think that's where people get tripped up because they're like, okay, how can I make the most of this introduction? (laughs) You can show up and start being human. (laughs) Just be be, a real person. Just be normal. Stop. (laughs) It's like, It's so funny you say that because I was actually just in Australia with John and Kate right after and before I think that you guys were. I know you guys spent a couple weeks out there. I saw them in New Zealand one time and then we spent a lot of time together in Brisbane at the uh, podcasting conference. Are you the dude who hosted the meetup with them? No, no, no. In Auckland? No, no, no. No, I met up with them just for like a quick breakfast before they took off from New Zealand to go to Australia. Because we were coming into New Zealand when they were going out of New Zealand. So we met up in, it was in Auckland. It was in Auckland, but it wasn't like the big meetup for, oh, for okay. his audience, though, if that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. And then you met up, what, you were there for We Are Podcast. For We Are Podcast, yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and we I, left the day before that conference, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. I was looking forward to meeting you guys. And then they're like, oh, yeah, they just took off. I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> okay, yeah. never mind. I was so, <laughs> dude, I was so pregnant and so over the peopling. Hey, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. There's lots of peopling that goes on at events, too. Yeah. So you wouldn't have had I much of a break. I just peopled for a month straight. I was like, good night. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we were at the event and by this point, I know 
John and Kate pretty well. I spent some time out at his house and I've worked a couple of events for him, selling his freedom mastery journals and stuff like that. And so I was just kind of hanging out with them and he invited over, uh, Jordan Harbinger was there and, mm-hmm. and Omar, uh, Zen home and Nicole yep. were there. I love me. Michael O'Neill, a couple other people in that circle and a bunch of people that I really wanted to get to know and hang out with. And obviously in podcasting, those are some of the biggest names that exist. And me being a relatively new podcaster, I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And it was funny after I hung out, after I was done with the conference, I came back home. Somebody asked me like, hey, did you learn a lot while you were there when, when you got to like hang out with those people and have lunch with them and dinner? Did you like learn a lot? And I was like, honestly, I didn't really ask many questions about podcasting. Like now that I think about it, I just kind of, like you were saying, I just was kind of hanging out. It's like being a person and just chilling and talking about life and where you're from and what do you do and how'd you get, no, that's crazy. And it creates such an actual, genuine, deeper relationship with somebody when you just try to get to know them as a person instead of Mm -hmm. like, Hey, so you're a big podcaster. Can I come on your show sometime? How would that work? I mean, they get that so much, right? you know, like be different by not being that guy. Yeah. And you'll always stand out. Like, how much do you think John gets asked for advice? A oh lot. Oh, my goodness. Like, I've seen people just fanboy out over him. And yep. I'm just like, yep. you guys need to reel it in. Oh, like, trust me. I'm the one taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, when, I, when I've worked those events and he's, like, signing journals, I'm always, like, the guy, here, can you take a picture real quick? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that? I completely understand. Yeah, exactly, exactly what you're saying. So and you know what's crazy that. about this is that, we're all just entrepreneurs. Right. Like, why is there this weird web celeb culture going on? Mm, Right. You know what I mean? They're just business owners. They've just been in the game longer. It's this like weird fan culture going on right now. And so people lose their goddamn minds over meeting a fellow entrepreneur (laughs) when you could just really be a normal person and get so much more out of that relationship. Because I tell you, when you go in and you treat them like they're not your peers, that oh, you're it, it changes off everything. At a disadvantage, you're start exactly, exactly yeah. what you said. So you're starting off at a disadvantage. Like there's no. How do you come you back? Automatic, exactly. Yeah, you automatically just put yourself in a subcategory in their brain yes. that says like, "Oh, you're oh, one of those true. people. You obviously have a lot to learn." Type thing. Like you're yes. just starting in a hole that you dug for yourself, instead of just coming across as exactly like you said, like a peer in. And the cool thing is like, once you build relationships with those kind of people and you offer a lot of value to them, they're like you said, they're just normal people. So like, they're going (laughs) to treat you like a normal person. And then they'll introduce you to other people Mm -hmm. that are normal people too, that you can then hang out with and have a normal relationship with. And I think the big thing is Jill is that everybody looks at it too short term. Would you agree with that? I'm so happy you said that because I was just about to interject and say, just play the long ball game. Mm. And then you came out and said it way more succinctly. So yes, I do think, (laughs) I do think people go in with motives and like, what can I get out of this? Hmm. How can this benefit me? Right now, like Like not in five years from now, like, yeah. Like, how can I go home tomorrow with more money in my pocket because I met this person and shook their hands for the first time? Yeah, exactly. And that is where the true relationship building just fricking dies Mm -hmm. because you're not actually going in to build a relationship. You're looking to take advantage of a situation. Yeah. And who wants to be friends with that? Right. Exactly. No one. That's who. <laughs> so would you say, so if I was to ask you to boil it down just to one, one tip, one like actionable tip that somebody listening right now can take into their next conference or their next meetup or whatever it may be, what would that one networking tip be? 
chill the f- out. <laughs> <laughs> chill the f- out and ask normal people questions. Like, don't go into it being like, so John, I have like a new podcast. What is the best way to hit new and noteworthy? Like, come on. Yeah. It's yeah. just going to say, join my program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what? what? I have a whole course on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Like, why not talk about something like that he would love? Providence. He's a freaking fanatic mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. all things Providence and right. football and basketball and all the things, you know, yeah. like go to where their interests are and start talking about that because that is going to break open a wall so much faster than asking for business advice. Like mm-hmm. right. no one wants their brains just used and this is a really bad word to use, but no one wants to have their brain just like picked nonstop. You know what I mean? They want to like, everyone knows that we're going into events to be on. We all get that, right? We know that there's going to be questions, but it's the people who don't go in with the motives that stand out the most, which feels contradictory, but it's truly the case. Mm -hmm. Like I enjoy talking to people who will just keep it real with me versus the people who are like, oh my God, um, I'm in your Facebook group and I just love, I want to know how do I get more people in my Facebook group? <laughs> Go through my free blog post. That's uh, yeah, I have like 38 okay. podcast shows on that. Yeah. That's what I'm going to be teaching on today at the conference. So if you're listening, just take good notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Versus someone who's like, oh, I heard you live in Vancouver. I hear you have this like weird fear of ET or I hear Josh loves pugs or I hear you're having a baby or, you know, like anything that is remotely shows that you put in some freaking effort right? and that exactly. you have a bit of knowledge on the person. And like, if that's what you're really wanting to build a relationship, do your homework. Don't just sit there and ask for advice and like try to get whatever scraps you can out of them. It just leaves such a bleh feeling. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Jill, have you ever talking about like John and, and Amy and these guys, have you ever paid for like, not specifically with them, but in general, have you ever paid for like a one-on-one mentorship with somebody or like a group mastermind setting? Mm, yeah. I pay for friends. <laughs> Essentially. It's funny. Cause that's what I said to James because we were buddies, but then Josh and I joined his mastermind cause I spoke at his first round of it last year. Uh-huh. And it was so good. Like he really has a knack for this kind of stuff. And it was so good that I was like, Oh my God, if a space ever opens up, will you please let Josh and I in? And yeah. so when he opened up a second one this year, we joined. So I've definitely paid for friendship, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we had a pre-existing relationship before that. But apart from that, that's the only mastermind I've ever joined. I did pay for like a few day intensive with Pete Vargas. Now we met him at mastermind talks. So we kind of had a pre-existing relationship there, but that dude is so switched on when it comes to live events and speaking that we wanted to just have more of his brain. So we just paid forked out the, (laughs) all the money (laughs) to spend a few days with him in Colorado, but that's pretty much the extent of it. Otherwise I just go to events. Okay. Okay. If you walk up to an influential person that you have not met before at an event, do you have like a second or third question that you typically ask or is it, do you just try to let things flow naturally? Yeah. I always just let things flow naturally. Also, I am very rarely going up to people being like, Hey, so-and-so my name's Joe Stanton from Screw the Night of Bath. You know what I mean? Like I typically 
wait for someone to introduce me, especially if I do want the in, I'd much rather have that come from someone who knows both of us. Now, if that doesn't happen, I'll just somehow be this like weirdo floater who waits for an opportunity to come in and like crack a joke or just Mm -hmm. like, I'm never going in with like being all formal, like, hello, I am Joe Stanton from screwthe9to5.com. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, sir? <laughs> right, right, like a reporter or something. Yeah. You're recording just, them right there. I'd much rather find them at a bar or something and buy them a drink or... That's exactly what I told... I think it was my wife. We were at Thrive. I was working mm. at John's booth at Thrive, uh, Cole Hatter's event. And Grant Cardone was standing right there in the back. He walked in when somebody was speaking. So most of the people were in the room listening and I was still at the booth. And there are other people that came up, some of the other like vendors or whatever came up, like took pictures with him or whatever. And my wife was like, don't you want to meet him? And I was like, yeah, but I just feel like there's a better way to do it than this. You know, like there's already people coming up, taking pictures with them, like handing out free stuff and like all this other stuff. And I just don't want to put myself in that category the first time I shake the dude's hand because he's probably not going to remember it anyway. So if you're not going to be memorable, then why are you going to go waste an opportunity to begin with? So, and again, I think it comes back to the whole long game thing is that Mm -hmm. that most people, when they see that opportunity, they're like, I'm never going to have an opportunity to shake this guy's hand ever again. (laughs) You know? And it's like, so I'm going to go up to him and talk his ear off and ask him 38 questions and take a picture yeah. with him and like treat and him see like if he'll do a webinar J-Lo. with me yeah exactly <laughs> and so i was just like you know what i'd rather just get an introduction sometime from somebody that i know that knows him or i'd rather like yeah. be at his event where i've spent yeah. money on his products and he has a reason to like add value to me now like i just there's so many different scenarios it would be a better situation for me to be in um, to create a better first impression because first impressions only happen once I agree. And like where I met John and Amy was at an event. Like I paid for, essentially paid for access. It was Chris Ducker's first ever tropical think tank. And we were living in Asia at the time. And Josh and I were like, well, this is a no brainer. And that's how I struck up those friendships. You know, I just, I went in, I was just chill with them. I knew Chris beforehand. He he was like, oh, I'll introduce you to them. I just chatted with them when we were all having drinks. I don't even think I asked one business question for the first three out of five days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I eventually like, as we had a good rapport, we had really hit it off. I eventually asked them if they would do a quick video with me, but that was the only ask I went for, you know, and that was essentially to put them on our platform, not that they needed it, but like to shine a light on what they were doing for audience. Right. So I was never going for anything that would just benefit us. It was kind of sort of reciprocal in that. Right. Right. Not that they needed at the time, the few thousand (laughs) email subscribers or anything, but I at least tried to do something that would be beneficial to both of us. some value instead of subtract. Yeah, exactly. So, so true. Joe, I'm sure, again, we could talk about this for a really long time, but we do need to move on and go into something I like to call the random round, which is just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Love it. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Mm, TV broadcasting. If you could sit on a park bench with somebody, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Can I come back to this one? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we'll come back to that one at the end there. How do you like to learn best? Books, blogs, podcasts, videos? Videos, I think. Okay. Do I'm you the subscribe worst to a certain like channel or anything, or is this like whatever catches your eye? 
No, I actually, for the most part, keep my blinders on a lot from what other people are doing. So it doesn't like take me off my path too okay. much. Right, right. So I actually prefer the best way I learn is by doing and falling flat on my face and then doing it again. <laughs> but I'm not that huge of a course taker. I'm not a reader. So if anything, I watch videos. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Mm. This morning it was get up, go get coffee, have a green, or sit and chat with Josh, plan out our day, have a green smoothie, take a shower, get into it. What is your go-to pump-up song? Anything Yonce. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, pretty but, much. But, but seriously, and currently, yeah. Chunky by Bruno Mars, although that's been like spinning the entire year. <laughs> All right. Putting business aside, Joe, what are you not very good at? Like you just tried it this one time and you're like, I am no good at this. I'm really bad at ice skating, which is random. Ice skating. I, That's ice a good skating. answer. That's a good answer. I'll take that. And one. I'm really bad at reading books. I'm not <laughs> kidding. I'm just, I'm the world's worst reader. I read blogs and stuff, but like, cause I'm pregnant. So many people have been like, have you read a lot of baby books? I'm like, no, I don't even read books for entertainment purposes. Like right. I've been trolling Pinterest like a fiend and I read I blogs. The same exact way. Yeah. I'm like, it's so validating to meet other people who say they're not book readers. Oh, man. Like it literally, I wish I, wish I were so bad. It would be so much easier to learn if I right? really enjoyed reading. Josh but, uh, reads books and then I'm like, tell me what you learned. <laughs> does he, does, is he like a real reader, like a fiction? Yeah. Like he reads for entertainment no. and stuff too, or just like for self-improvement? He like, he could not put down ready player one, but I struggle to think of, Oh no, he's reading sapiens right now. Have you heard of that? I have heard of that. Yeah. I heard it's actually a really good book. He's in the middle of that. But other than that, most of them are business books, to be honest. I don't even know how he does it. Cause I find those boring. So yeah. I don't know how he actually pays attention to them. <laughs> All right. So coming back to the other question now, if you could sit on a park bench with somebody past or present, talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? I'm going to have such a crappy answer for this because I really, this is no wonder this is the random round. <laughs> Were you and about to say I'm, it was random? Yeah. I'm at the risk of like causing a controversy, but I'm Canadian. So please don't think that I'm doing it on purpose. Okay. But I literally assuming that that person would be fully transparent and honest. That yes. is how I'm basing this. Yes. I would love to talk to talk to Donald Trump and be like, what the actual fuck are you doing right now? <laughs> so, that is who I would love to have a one conversation with. Assuming he would be honest and tell the truth about all the crazy shit that is going on right now because that is what I'm most curious about while I sit up here in the great white north and watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As we get everything wrapped up here, Joe, what is one place online where we're able to find you the most? Come join my free Facebook group over at screwcommunity.com. I'm in there like almost every day. She is too. I'm a part of that community. So definitely go check out Jill and Josh's Facebook group and really everything that they have going on. And that's all at screwthe9to5.com. Is that right? Yeah, it is. I didn't know you were Scroopy, Travis. I am. I am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yep. You'll have to say hi in the group next time you're in there. I will. I will definitely say what's up. All right, Joe. Well, thanks so much for coming to the show. I had a fantastic time. Sounds like we're on the same page with quite a few topics, so that's always good. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good convo. Thanks for having me on. 
That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.